Welcome to the Digital Marketing and Website Podcast by Mercados. We are your hosts, Alex and Anne Centeno. Even though things on the web keep changing and evolving, over the years we've been able to learn and implement successful evergreen strategies that we're going to share with you in this podcast. For the last 20 years, we have been using digital marketing to help businesses succeed. Together, we'll learn how to attract more qualified customers using the web. If you're ready, we're ready. Let's get started. All right, guys. Good morning. This is Ann Centeno and Alex Centeno with Mercados. And today we are talking about web. Um, I am uh, the customer experience lead for Mercados. I um, am basically your kind of lifeline. I'm the one that checks on your projects and keeps you up to date in any communications. So um, I'm going to turn it over to Alex, who is our web guru, um, and let him tell you a little bit about himself and what he does. Yes, yeah, so thank you uh, for that awesome introduction, um, which by the way, this is our first podcast episode. So it's kind of nerve wracking a little bit. So it's, it's, but it's cool at the same time. So anyways, um, so how did this, this all start? So, um, I started in marketing. Well, first of all, I went to school for marketing, which is pretty crazy considering like all the long ways that we arrived here, but, um, I loved the internet. I loved, uh, well, and before the internet was there, I loved computers. And so that's where my love for digital stuff started. Um, but one of my concerns when I was actually going to college and, and, uh, when I had to decide what to study was, I didn't want to be in front of a computer for a long time. And, uh, and I pictured this dark room uh, with just one little computer and me like in front of that little computer for the longest time. And so I, I was terrified of that idea. And so I ended up saying like, uh, no, I'm, I'm going to study business because business always would somehow lead to something good. I don't know. At least that's what I thought. And so, so I went to school for business, but then obviously I gravitated always to the part of business that was related to computers and, and marketing. And so I ended up studying, uh, marketing and doing my, um, like the, the, my thesis was on the online marketing strategies of plastic surgeons. And so I was always kind of incorporating, yeah, for the masters. And so I was always, um, looking for the online edge of marketing. Like I wasn't exactly super interested in the other parts of marketing. So that led into the exploration of SEO, which this is, we're talking, I don't even know, this is 20 years ago. Uh, so that's when I started kind of looking into the world of SEO and how Google was ranking websites and all of that. And, so I studied a lot of SEO and, um, and, uh, yeah, like then I started uh, working for one of the biggest SEO company companies in the world or the biggest SEO company in the world at the time, which I didn't know that, uh, then, but, uh, yeah, I was market smart interactive and, uh, 
yeah, like one of the biggest takeaways from that was that I learned from some of the best minds in SEO. Um, and so I had the opportunity to learn a lot of things, a lot of tricks, a lot of secrets, uh, and really kind of understand it from an insider's perspective. And, and so it was really, really beneficial. But then I was like, man, like I, I don't really like SEO by itself, like for the sake of doing SEO, because people, some people devote their, their lives, their entire lives to SEO. Uh, so that leads into me exploring web design. And that's when I started studying web design because I, I really liked that part of uh, of the web. Um, and doing that, I also explored like doing the development part. And so I became way more technical and I was kind of using both sides of, of the brain, the design side and the development side, which is very uncommon. Like most people don't really go through all the trouble that I went through. So, so I ended up having these three components, the marketing side of things, the design side of things, and the development side of things. And ultimately, uh, the creation of Mercados was because I feel that it's a, a really good foundation. I always think that when we're trying to help businesses with their online presence, what we're really trying to do is uh, put them on top of this table that is a three-legged table that has marketing, it has design, and it has development. So a website always has to be uh, marketing-based. So it actually has to bring results to the business. It also has to be well-designed. So it has to look good and attractive to the target audience. Right. And then it finally has to work. So it doesn't matter if it looks great. If it doesn't work well, then obviously it's broken. And right. so, uh, so that's a good foundation. And, and by just uh, by the hand of God, I ended up like studying those things in that order, but most people don't really go through all that trouble. So, um, and then like technical things like incorporating everything in a framework like WordPress or Drupal or Joomla or all the things that I went through. I mean, uh, in the end, like I, I ended up selecting WordPress as the, uh, content management system of choice, but uh, um, I mean, we've worked with all sorts of PHP-based systems, and and uh, yeah, it's been a long road. So, yeah. why is it that you think you gravitated to WordPress versus the other platforms? WordPress, first of all, it it is the the nicest for administrators. It has the the more user friendly approach to. Uh, editing of content. And so for administrators, uh, first of all, they, they sometimes are very familiar already because they have used it for their own personal blogs and things like that. And so when they get to a business website that uses the same platform, then they, they feel like right, right at home. Uh, so that's very powerful, but it's, it's easier to use for administrators. Um, and in terms of developers, what I like about it is that when, when you jump from one version to another, so let's say that you're in uh, WordPress version four, and then you need to go to version five, then most of the time you just click a button and it works. Uh, obviously, you still have to be careful. Sometimes things don't go the, the way that you want them. Sometimes you have to do 
some porting of things and, you know, all, all sorts of things that developers do. Right. Uh, but for the most part, things work the way that they are expected to work. There are other platforms, namely Drupal, for example, that you can't just go from version like five to six or six to seven, for example. It's just, it, it's not that easy. Even for developers, it's just complex. And so, yeah. so it's not good. And then uh, Joomla, it started like a really good competitor. Um, in fact, pretty much everything in content management systems that were open source, it started with Joomla. But I think like the community of Joomla was kind of troubled uh, how would they add functionality, how things were uh, as part of the of the licensing concept. And so it was open source, but not so much that you couldn't charge for the plugins and community uh, part of it. And so it ended up that if you wanted to add functionality to Joomla through the plugins, pretty much everything had a cost associated to it. And so that kind of became a deterrent for people to adopt Joomla more than they did. Even though it's one of the most popular ones, I think like WordPress did a much better job with uh, the administration of the community around it in their licensing, which is still open source. So for a business, the actual structure, the actual WordPress part is, is free to use. So that's really beneficial. Okay. So can you tell me a little bit about what the problem is with like conventional web design in itself. Yes. So when you have a business, mm-hmm. um, I would say 95% of business owners today feel like they need a website. So right. we're way, way ahead of the times when people didn't yeah. even know that they needed a website. So they know they need a website and most of the time they pursue that. So they look for web designers, uh, web developers to do exactly that, like add a new website to their business. So if they're starting a new business, then immediately they think, oh, we are going to yeah. need some business cards, some brochures and some websites to be legitimate. Exactly. 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 But the problem is, that websites by themselves are not a very good lead generation tool. And that's kind of, um, kind of the secret, uh, that is not very told. Uh, nobody really wants to say that in, in the agency community, because obviously agencies make money when they make websites, but, uh, websites by themselves don't, they don't, they're not very good at attracting new people to the business. So the other day you were telling me the number of websites that there are, and I I don't remember the number. What, what was it? Yeah. 1.18 billion, 1.18 billion websites out there. 1.18 billion websites. Right. And that's just an estimation like uh, for the closing of 2021. So by now it's already. Yeah. So it's a sea of websites and it's really easy for people to get lost in that sea if there's not something. Yeah. Right. The the way that I like to see it is like, if you imagine a, a football field, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're actually getting ready to have the, the Super Bowl. So imagine you're like, uh, right in, in one of the corners and you're looking into the field Mm 
And, uh, and then you grab a leaf, like a grass leaf, and you add it to the field. Oh, a blade, ask, of, yeah, a blade of grass yeah, on the field. A blade okay. of grass, exactly. You grab a blade of grass, and then you add it to the field somewhere, wherever you want in the entire field. <laughs> and then you grab a friend and ask them to go find that blade of grass <laughs> that you added. Uh, that's going to be hard. So are the football uh, even, players on the field at the same time, or are they trying to tackle you, or you're just trying to find the player? Sure. Let's say that they're trying the to football players you. in. So that makes it even worse, yeah. Yikes. Okay. So Mercados helps you stand apart from that. Is that what you're saying? Like, what is it that we do that makes that blade of grass stand out? Exactly. So... If you add a blade of grass to the whole field, nothing really happens. Nothing stands sure. out. So the idea is not just adding an additional blade of grass, but making that blade of grass stand uh, stand out of the entire field. Sure. So you could do all sorts of things. For example, you could uh, mark it somehow, put a... a a big banner associated to that. And so in the middle of the field, you'll find this flag. So immediately just by doing that, even if it's a small flag, but immediately by doing that, like someone that is searching for it would immediately be able to identify it because it's right there. It's by the flag. So even from the outside of the stadium, you can tell them, Hey, go find the blade, but the one that has the flag. And so now you see of, all of the ones. Right. And that's kind of SEO, right? You have your keywords, yeah. your shining a light on what you're doing. Yeah, it's a combination of things. So SEO is one of them, obviously a very important one, but there's other uh, parts of, of uh, the attraction uh, section, which is, is basically one of the, of the parts of our system. So for the last 18 years, I've been working into developing a system that actually comprises all the components that would make a web presence successful for a business. And, uh, and basically I named it the aim system. So aiming at, uh, at this, uh, and uh, the aim system stands for attract, improve and momentum. So the attraction is what we were talking about, how to attract new, new people, new customers to, or potential prospects to your digital presence. Uh, the second one is improving. So how do you actually um, improve your communication vehicles so that when they arrive, they actually find something that is worth it and that actually looks cohesive? Because what happens normally is that businesses start in their in their journey of being a business, communicating things. And so uh, they get a logo and... Um, all of a sudden they start using the logo in certain colors. And then some, some other times they use it with different colors. And sometimes they use a designer that is doing a print ad. And sometimes they have another designer that does some other things for them. And it's all over the place. They have yeah. a different archetypes that are being used and uh, the design is not cohesive. It's not consistent. And uh, on top of that, the content itself, like the content strategy is different. So the messaging is all over the place too. So when you actually, as a customer, you're presented with that messaging, then it becomes confusing. And what happens is 
for customers, when they encounter confusing messages, they distrust the messenger. So it's, it's kind of like immediately they say, well, if I, if something is weird with this messaging, then I can't trust the business that does this. And maybe the business in itself is awesome, but the problem is that the way that they're communicating is so, um, you know, it, it's not cohesive and, and by not being cohesive and coherent, then they are like uh, creating distrust in their potential customers. Right. And obviously they, they lose business because of it. Sure. And then the third component that we were talking about is, is the momentum. Um, uh, mm-hmm. So the third component of the aim system is momentum. And what that does is basically looking at the efforts that are done over time and then realizing that some of those efforts can be automated or can be improved uh, through digital media channels. Uh, so, for example, tools like Google Analytics or Google Webmaster Services or Webmaster Console, uh, they'll give you some insight into what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong, what what is helping, what's really not adding to the equation. And so you can automate and improve on those things that are uh, helping the most and the ones that are not helping, you can just stop doing that. And what that does for business owners is that it prevents them from just working on things that don't work and uh, wasting their time and their money. Like they end up like just uh, uh, improving the things that actually are working for them. And that is a huge boost and that's why we call it momentum because it actually generates momentum for the brand. Right. And nobody has time to just be wasting on things that aren't productive. I mean, that aren't creating uh, and generating what, what you're trying to do. So yeah, that makes total sense. And from the perspective of the business, it's, it's very difficult to know unless you're measuring everything. And most business owners are, more in the business of doing what they do. So if you're, let's say, a plastic surgeon, then you want to be a good plastic surgeon. If you're a chiropractor, then you want to be a good chiropractor. If you're a dentist and you're focused on, on, you know, the dental part of things, and rarely do they have time or even the desire to be focusing on the digital marketing aspect of things. And in the time that we live, um, which is this post-COVID, post-pandemic kind of world, that's uh, traditional marketing yeah, traditional marketing is not working as, as well as it used to. And so digital marketing is a lot more important. And every single person now has a computer on their pocket. And, uh, and this little smartphone uh, actually is what people are using to search and find the businesses that they want to give their money to. And so if you don't use those channels, then your business has a lot of difficulty um, just surviving in this environment, right? Like, uh, you know, we know that restaurants, for example, were brutally killed, you know, during yeah. the pandemic. And, yeah. uh, and some of them are doing much better. And the reason why they're doing better is because they're adapting uh, yeah. to to the changes, to what what is it that is changing? People want to uh, take out uh, yeah. their food. What are the needs, more. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they adapt and they're doing better. Uh, and so digital marketing is part of that adaptation and doing what is working. So that's what we do. So while we're talking, what is, um, what is your view of having sites that, um, 
function in two different languages. How important do you see that being um, today? Like, for example, having bilingual sites of uh, English and Spanish and, you know, how how important do you think that is? Is it important? Um, what's your take on that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, big businesses like Lowe's, Walmart, Target, those businesses are already doing bilingual um, approaches to their marketing. Like if you go into a Lowe's or a Home Depot, you'll find that the signage is already, uh, it's primarily in English, but also underneath you see the same things in, in Spanish as well. Mm -hmm. And the reason why they're doing it is because the Latin community or the Hispanic community in the United States is growing. And they know that just by doing that small change of actually tailoring their messaging to the customers that are Hispanic speaking, just by doing that small effort, they actually do more sales. And so it actually has a, a beneficial effect just by doing that small change. Uh, and digitally, it, they are starting to do it a lot more. So smaller businesses uh, have more difficulty doing that because uh, it's not that easy to find uh, the talent or the agencies that actually can do English well and Spanish well. So they can do English well or Spanish badly, or they can do Spanish, but they can't do English. But rarely can you find an agency that can do both well. And so, um, so there's a, a benefit in doing that as well. So digital marketing is working in that sense. Uh, and because there's a growing market, then often brands see almost an immediate improvement just by doing that small change of including like versions of their website in, in, in this case, in Spanish, which is one of the biggest growing markets sure. in the United States. I think it's so important, especially for, you know, kind of medical type practices to have that. I know um, a lot of times they'll have, you know, their front office staff will be bilingual or, you know, they can try their best or some forms they have. Um, I just think it makes sense to also have that on the web. Um, and I think it shows your clients that, you know, you care and it, it is uncomfortable when you are trying to navigate life, you know, in a different language, that's not your native language. Um, I know for myself, I've been in that experience living, you know, um, not in the U.S. and another country, actually a Hispanic speaking uh, country for a year. And I know for myself, I navigated towards businesses that also uh, put an effort in to cater to, to English speaking um, clients. And it was a comfort for me. Um, and it made me feel like they sure. care. And I feel like that's important for business owners to understand that maybe they haven't been in that position themselves being really out of their comfort zone. Um, I just, I think it's, it's taking it a step above just from having a caring heart, but also it's, yeah. it's good for business as well. So, yeah, I, and I was going to say that exactly. Like most of the businesses that we work with, they already do the effort in the office. So they already right. would actually make an effort to speak Spanish to a person that only speaks Spanish or, or do something to communicate with them. Mm -hmm. So the effort is already done. And sometimes they right. even include some of those efforts online. They say something like, se habla español, or, or they would have like small labels trying to approach that. 
but actually doing it at a business level communication is a little bit harder for them. And that's why it becomes so important to have an agency that actually can do it properly because they already do it in the office. They, they have the tools and they have like whatever it takes to actually be able to serve those clients in Spanish. So you might as well also have a business logic that communicates that at the digital marketing level. And so in regards to Mercados, how does that look on our end? Like, um, offering, you know, this, the, the Spanish, um, speaking site, is it something that they would click on a button and now the site becomes Spanish? Like, what does that look like in, in reality? Yeah. So there are many approaches to this. Some, some agencies love to, uh, have every single page translated. So they make it part of the same website. Okay. Uh, some, some agencies uh, just use a Google widget. And so they add Google as just kind of a translator uh, on demand kind of thing. And so you just design the website in English. And then with this Google translator, it immediately translates every page into the language on demand. And uh, it doesn't really do a very good job, obviously. Um, and so our preferred method is to actually create uh, two websites that look the same. So they look, they're the same website, but they're two separate websites. One that is tailored to the English speaking community. And then another one that is, is tailored to the Spanish speaking community. And what that does is that it doesn't just address the, the change of language, but also the change of culture. And so okay. Spanish speaking people have also a certain way of talking about things. So the dictionary translation to words might be appropriate for certain things, but when you actually talk to a person, you can't just approach them with the same way of saying things in English than in Spanish. Like they're, they're different. And, uh, and so the only approach to do that is to do it uniquely. So you speak to them differently about different topics. And so you're not translating one into the other. What you're doing is like actually tailoring your messages to the needs, preferences uh, uh, of each one of, of the markets. Okay. Well, I think we've covered a lot today, probably more <laughs> than, than we intended to. Yeah. Um, I hope that we answered some of your questions that you may have about who we are and what we do. And, um, you also got to kind of see a little bit of us and our personality. Um, I know for us, we care about your business and we want to help you. That's why we're here. Um, and that's why we do what we do. It's, it's more about seeing you succeed, seeing what your business needs and doing what we've trained to do to get you there. So, um, we appreciate your time and, um, you can reach us at www.mercados.com. Um, you can also, uh, find links to connect with us through the website. Um, and we hope to hear from you, Alex. Yeah. yeah or through the phone, 888-525-8117. So mercados.com or 888-525-8117, which of course, like you can find in the, uh, links in the description below. So yeah. awesome. So it was great. Uh, and, uh, isn't it awesome? Like that was the first podcast. So I'm, I'm pretty, yeah. pretty happy about that. So, yeah.
<laughs> awesome. Next time we'll answer some more questions, probably more specific questions. So if you have any questions that you would like to get answered for your business, you have like some questions about uh, strategy or the marketing side of things, or even the design part of things, uh, or you have a website that is not generating things that you're hoping that it would generate for your business, just let us know because we can address them in podcast number two. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. All right. Have a great Thank day, everyone. Time. Thanks. Be well. Thanks. Bye.